Okay, so today we're going to continue session 88, and we're in the second half of the session. Uh, we went through personal material that Don gave to Jim and Don and Carla about psychic attack, psychic greeting, and Carla's process, and some things about crystal, um, you, you know, uh, crystal healing, uh, some personal material about that. The new material for today starts uh, 88.13, and we launch into, for the rest of the session, discussion about Tarot. 88.13, Don says, thank you. I would like to ask you, as to the initial production of the Tarot, where this concept was first formed, and where the Tarot was first recorded, where did this, the very first concept meaning where did it come from and how. Ross said, the concept of the Tarot originated within the planetary influence you call Venus. So again, Ra, now in late sixth density, was, they've said, uh, I believe, two billion with a B, billion years ago, third density on Venus, or in the third density cycle of Venus two billion years ago. And so the difference between third density and six is two billion. <laughs> so... Uh, you can see also how the spiritual path um, associated with Buddhism, Hinduism, adept work is a f uh, enormous compression and acceleration of the path from third density to six uh, within the space of just a few lifetimes, you know, a few lifetimes as a, a very serious dedicated yogi or monastic or monk or nun uh, doing very serious practices, one can actually um, become qualified for sixth density life uh, in the span of, you know, a few hundred years here, in a few hundred years of lifetimes here, maybe 500 years, you know, with a half a dozen lifetimes, one could be qualified to, to be in sixth density rather than two billion years spent following one's planet. And that's very interesting, and, and Buddhists understand about that, the compression of the path. 88.14, Don asked, was the concept given to, let me ask, you say it originated there, meaning Venus, was this concept devised for a training tool for those inhabiting Venus at that time, or was it devised by those of Venus as a training tool for those of Earth? There was nobody on Earth at that time. There were no humans here, actually. Um, Ra explains, 88.14, the tarot was devised by the third density population of Venus, a great measure of your space-time in your past. As we have noted, the third density experience of those of Venus dealt far more deeply and harmoniously with what you call relationships with other selves, sexual energy transfer work, and philosophical or metaphysical research. The product of many, many generations of work upon what we conceive to be the archetypical mind produced the Tarot, which was used by our peoples as a training aid in developing the magical personality. Uh, and Ra affirms the next supposition of Don 88.15, where he said, I make a guess that those of Venus and their density, who were the initial ones to partially penetrate the veil, meaning continue, you know, <laughs> just uh, develop higher centers, gleaned information as to the nature of the archetypical mind and the veiling process, 
and from this design the tarot as a method of teaching others. Is it correct? This is correct. So you can say that they came to understand the archetypical mind somewhat. Uh, they came to understand the veiling process somewhat. Uh, they came to understand how to um, work um, in a very disciplined or systematic way on the adept path to understand um, the deep mind or the initiation of mind work as central portion. Uh, and this is, um, you know, there were communities a few thousand years ago like the Essenes and certain Gnostic groups uh, and there were certain Taoist groups and uh, in Egypt I think as well uh, where um, adepts or priests and priestesses um, had, inter you know, relationship, had, um, you know, marriage or, or sexual related uh, couplings and partnership and spent their time doing spiritual study and service to the community in some way. Uh, and had ceremonies, but also did individual practice, uh, and focused on both quality of relationship as well as uh, study and practice, meditation practices alone. Uh, and it's it's sort of like a, a non-celibate monastic community. And so they were very harmonious. Uh, this definitely is the origin of... Um, the human theme of Venus as the planet of love. Yeah, Venus, uh, you know, love not as sex. <laughs> Humans on Earth are so distorted, of course, so the planet of love, like the uh, tunnel of love at the amusement park, meaning sex and romance and emotional sentiment. Uh, it was, or is, you know, in third density, was certainly a planetary civilization of love, love being um, green ray, <laughs> acceptance and understanding, and a commitment to honest being. And with that commitment, um, focusing on improving relationship or understanding self through relationship, or help helping others as a means of helping oneself as well, and sexual energy transfer or spiritual use of sexuality, and um, study, meaning philosophical, metaphysical research. It's not like people have white laboratory coats, but deep study, you know, like the, the library at Alexandria. Uh, that's what their society, that, that was a lot, not everybody in their society was doing this, but um, enough was doing, enough people, uh, so that the society as a whole was quite harmonious, and so you can see Venus a little bit like Vulcan. I see Venus a little bit like Vulcan uh, in Star Trek, but um, not as um, not not emotionally controlled, actually. But you know, uh, if we're talking about you know deep philosophical and metaphysical research, uh, the mind becomes very careful and discerning. The mind that becomes very careful and discerning brings that discipline to sex or sexual activity and so it's not you know lustful sexual it's not lustful sex it may be a lot of sex or it may be very free and open sexuality in certain ways very very liberal compared to what we think of uh, th how things should be here 
um, but all within the context of a very disciplined, highly discerning, careful mind. <laughs> so can you imagine that? You know, uh, quite free sexuality with a very disciplined mind, with um, a, a commitment across the whole group to harmlessness and non, non-infringement. Uh, and the principles of uh, right relationship, you know, right speech, right action, uh, as the basis for right relationship, guided by, you know, uh, a disciplined approach to transformation. I think that's where they're coming from. And it's a, it's a composite that we don't normally see here, where people who are very mental or uh, disciplined in study uh, often have certain rejection of body or embodiment or sexuality or femininity, while those who are very comfortable with embodiment and sexuality and sensuality um, may not be very disciplined um, in, in terms of philosophical, you know, logical, analytical mind development. Those don't usually go together here. So, but they were on Venus. Don goes further asking about the origin of Tarot and its place for them on Venus 88.16. Don says, I will also assume, which may not be correct, that the present list uh, that I have of the 22 names of the Tarot cards are not in exact agreement with Ra's original generation of the Tarot. Would or could you describe the original Tarot first telling me if there were 22 archetypes uh, I'm that must have been the same and if they were the same as the list that I've read you in a previous session or if there were differences meaning were there differences was it the same the name sounds like uh, rider weight naming of the 22 major arcana 777 and the 22nd uh, what about the names were there 22 uh, how's it different then how do, was their original Venusian tarot different than what we know as the major arcana today, or the whole tarot today? Ra explains, as we have stated previously, each archetype is a concept complex and may be viewed not only by individuals, but by those of the same racial and planetary influences in unique ways. Therefore, it's not informative to reconstruct the rather minor differences in descriptive terms between the tarot used by us and that used by those of Egypt and the spiritual descendants of those first students of this system of study. The one great breakthrough which was made after our work in third density on Venus was uh, uh, after our work in third density was done was the proper emphasis given to the Arcanum number 22 which we've called the choice. In our own experience, we were aware that such an unifying archetype existed, but did not give that archetype the proper complex of concepts in order to most efficaciously use that archetype in order to promote our evolution. Okay, So this was a very disciplined, systematic use of tarot for reflection, meditation, study, self-transformation or mind transformation uh, to initiate, you know, mind, then body, then spirit, 777. They didn't um, recognize the importance of 22 as much as uh, they did perhaps working with the Egyptians. So 
first of all, the archetypes are concept complexes. They are a complex or a composite of multiple concepts, right? Like the different images, the, the multiple elements of the uh, image of any card, they're multiple elements, that's the complex, you know, composite nature, and it's all about concepts associated with what I'm calling nodal points in the processing in the processing of, of catalyst by mind, body, and spirit. So, individuals can see them. Likewise, um, uh, of the same race, and then planetary influence. And so, there are racial influences that are associated with genetics, um, that are associated with skin color and, uh, you know, geographic location, like on Earth, sure. So there is a racial, you know, there there is racial influence, and that's not the same as planetary. So planetary is a, a different level of um, the filter, perhaps, or the influence that we're all experiencing. We're all on the same planet, but really there are races, and um, that's you know controversial, and lots of people have things to say about that. Meanwhile, there are also individuals. So. These are levels um, of beingness uh, or identity and influence upon the individual, obviously, meaning racial and planetary influence us. Uh, there were only minor differences um, between the tarot they used on Venus and those they gave to those in Egypt. And then not only was, you know, was the tarot given to Egypt, Egypt um, you know the, the students, the adept community there, but then they're the spiritual descendants of the first students of this system of study, and so you've had the development of tarot in the last three thousand years. And interestingly, for some reason, they say they didn't give proper emphasis to card twenty-two, the choice, uh, maybe because they were also harmonious that the issue of whether they were going to harvest a four depositive at that time was, was moot because they, all the adepts there were pretty much over 51% or there was not going to be a, an issue because everybody was going positive too. There was almost no significant negativity uh, in the 3D civilization on Venus at that time or perhaps even since. So there wasn't much of a choice <laughs> happening, or there was a choice metaphysically available, uh, symbolized by card 22. But um, everybody, more or less, uh, of that civilization, or everybody indeed, um, went on the positive path. And so they didn't want a choice. <laughs> they just wanted more God and love. Meanwhile, uh, when they meet the Egyptians, uh, and you see some people who, you know, quickly used uh, tarot and pyramid technologies for service of self, uh, it is important to acknowledge that um, there are two paths and a choice, and card 22 has its influence upon every other card as well, or the reality of the choice that uh, exists as the culmination of development um, at the human level that we're experiencing now, that reality, the reality that uh, every being that gets out of this dimension uh, has, has a choice available or implicitly has made a choice 
positive or negative orientation. Uh, certainly here with a mixed population, mixed orientation population, uh, we see how that's very important or relevant, certainly to knowing where people are coming from. Uh, but Ra didn't need to. <laughs> Their group was um, positive enough so that nobody wanted to go left hand. Uh, but it, it's also true that uh, you know, we can say card 22 of the choice influences all the other cards. We're not talking about cards, we're talking about mind. We're talking about beings and these nodal points or archetypal um, building blocks in the mind, in the deep mind. So the reality of there being choice in third density as the culmination of development or polarization influences all other aspects of our processing of experience. <laughs> uh, because in any experience, we can choose positive or negative, whether we accept or control. The moment contains love, meaning it's always possible to make the choice of positive path in working with catalyst or, or daily life experience. So each experience, each moment is a test, said Nityananda. You can also say that each moment is a choice. And the choice is really ultimately going to be uh, what degree of love or acceptance or versus control will we bring to our, our decision of how to be with the moment or how to be in the moment. 88.17, Don says, I have, I will make this statement as to my understanding of some of the archetypes and let you correct this statement. It seems to me that the significator of mind, body, and spirit are acted upon in each of these by the catalyst. This produces experience, which then leads to transformation and produces the great way. This is the same process for mind, the body, and spirit. The archetypes are just repeated, but act in a different way as catalyst because of the differences of mind, of body, and spirit. They produce a different type of experience for each because of the differences in all three, the three meaning mind, body, spirit. The transformation is slightly different. The great way is somewhat different, but the archetypes are all basically doing the same thing. They are just acting on three different portions of the mind-body-spirit complex so that we can condense the entire archetypical mind into a way of saying that in making the significator a complex, basically we have provided a way for catalyst to create transformation more efficiently. Would you correct... <laughs> Would you correct my statement, please? And Ra blasted it a bit. It's a little bit tangled, and um, you know, a very brilliant mind can uh, achieve great insight and great self-entanglement. And so, I mean, most of it looks reasonable to me, uh, in the sense that, okay, you've got significators of mind, body, and spirit, yeah. They're acted upon, or they're fed by, catalyst that's associated with, you know, how the matrix, the potentiated matrix uh, handles each. But you see, um, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like the body or the spirit does work in the same way that the mind does. It's the mind, these are all elements in the mind. And so the great way of body and the great way of spirit archetypes are in the mind and so 
they're all different, you know, each of the seven positions or, or archetypal nodal points are different in each of the complexes, mind, body, and spirit, obviously. They serve similar functions in each of the complexes, mind, body, spirit, of course. Um, but this is all in the mind. And, you know, so, uh, you know, the wind blows on our skin. Uh, we say the physical wind touches my physical body skin. Well, that's actually all an exper experience of mind. It's, an, it's a mental experience of embodiment. And so, uh, is it in your mind? Is it in the body? Well, the bodies in the mind are all experience, including body-spirit, is mentally formulated. And, and I think that's where Don might have gotten off here. Ross said, in your statement, correctness, meaning being correct, is so plated up with tendrils of the most fundamental misunderstanding that correction of your statement is difficult. We shall make comments, and from these comments request that you allow a possible alignment, realignment of conceptualization to occur. And there are four paragraphs here. The archetypical mind is a great and fundamental portion of the mind complex, one of its most basic elements, and one of the richest sources of information for the seeker of the one infinite creator. To attempt to condense the archetypes is to make an erroneous attempt. Each archetype is a significant ding on sik, or thing in itself, with its own complex of concepts. While it is informative to study the relationships of one archetype to another, it can be said that this line of inquiry is secondary to the discovery of the purest gestalt or vision or melody which each archetype signifies to both the intellectual and intuitive mind. The significators of mind, body, and spirit complexes are complex in and of themselves, and the archetypes of catalyst, experience, transformation, and the great way are most fruitfully viewed as independent complexes which have their own melodies with which they may inform the mind of its nature. We ask that you consider that the archetypical mind informs those thoughts which then may have bearing upon the mind, the body, or the spirit. The archetypes do not have a direct linkage to body or spirit. All must be drawn up through the higher levels of the subconscious mind to the conscious mind, and thence they may flee whither they have been bidden to go. When used in a controlled way, they are most helpful. Rather than continue beyond the boundaries of your prior statement, we would appreciate the opportunity for your re-questioning at this time so that we may answer you more precisely. So, first, and this is what some teachers do again when they get a question, I've gotten this, <laughs> when I get a question that seems to me to be very tangled up, uh, I'll just tell you what I think is true that hopefully has some bearing on your question and helps the, the questioner reformulate some of their assumptions uh, rather than try to um, correct the statement you know line by line when there's you know five misunderstandings apparent and so Ra's saying uh, his statement is so plated up with tendrils of fundamental misunderstanding so uh, 
it's a problem when people start with a little knowledge and then build a whole system prematurely. So, uh, Ra made comments <laughs> which were basically related to what he sang, and then from that, um, you know, offered the possibility of uh, building from the from the from the foundations up again. So, the archetypical mind is a great and fundamental portion of the mind complex. So, it's um, fundamental, it's elemental, most of the base, el basic elements, a rich source of information uh, about the nature of 3D process, okay? That's, we're only talking about 3D here. Uh, it can be extrapolated to the seven-dimensional soul evolution, I think, but... Uh, it's really to know um, the way um, the way life experience uh, you know it's alchemy it's it's uh, consciousness alchemy or seven ray beingness alchemy is um, what the archetypal uh, 22 cards addresses the alchemy of transformation of consciousness in third density that's mediated all by the mind so it shouldn't the archetype shouldn't be condensed each one is a thing in and of itself uh, just as each person is or each you know leaf and uh, all beingness is it's uh, is a thing in and of itself uh, which what does that mean right <laughs> It, it means sort of the universe in a grain of sand. Uh, its own complex of complex of concepts, okay, we've got a lot of concepts and a lot of complexity. It, it's helpful, yes, to view the relationships of one to another, but Ra's really saying more important than that is to discover um, the uh, a sort of complete, a completed uh, Gestalt or wholeness, uh, the the wholeness vision of each archetype, um, intellectually but also intuitively, and to find it in oneself, or to know that one may be this way too, or one is this way too. But you see, this is all, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of uh, Buddhists would never do this. You know, this is not a Buddhist practice, so it's a there's a lot of reification. And there's a lot of um, assuming um, reality of concept or, or apparent sub substantiality to concept, which it isn't. Anyway, as to the significators, yes, they too are complex in and of themselves, all the other cards. Uh, the significators, you've got basically um, 5, 12, 19, what could be called the... Um, I believe it's the the hierophant and the hanged man and I guess the lovers or the sun. Uh, I'm looking at them, but I forget all the names. Uh, we have many birds outside now. Um, so they're complex, like every other one. Um, and each of the other phases of, of the working, uh, other than potentiator and matrix, you see, because it's Rod didn't talk about potentiator and matrix here, 
because we're really talking about um, f the working, the working, um, the working that is transformation, mm, the working of mind upon experience or catalyst or efficient use of catalyst that leads to transformation of each complex. Uh, what does the working is is the matrix uh, of mind <laughs> potentiated more or less but uh, the sequence of catalyst forming experience then feeding a significator then uh, establishing a condition of transformation that itself um, leads on uh, are these other four positions okay they're all independent uh, and how they can inform the mind. But as I said in the third paragraph, you see the archetypes do not have a direct linkage to body or spirit. They have, they are, this is the archetypical mind, not the archetypical self. Uh, the archetypal mind uh, is, you know, the, the, uh, a level of the deep mind that's associated with this logos this solar logos uh, having tweaked uh, the conditions of mind in 3D physical leads to this uh, formulation of our typical mind that's why uh, what Ra had on Venus is applicable to what humans have on Earth because it's the same 3D mind complex more or less because it's the same logos uh, it informs those thoughts which then may have bearing upon the mind or body or spirit uh, it's it, it fashioned, you know, the archetypes of all these three cycles, mind and body and spirit, feed the mind. And that, that transformation of mind then uh, has bearing upon body or spirit. So all may be drawn, must be drawn up through the higher levels of subconscious to conscious. So there's a personal subconscious above the racial, uh, above the planetary, above the consummate, right? So there's cosmic, planetary, racial, personal subconscious, and then personal conscious, and then superconscious um, levels of mind, tree of mind. But uh, the whole work with the archetypes is work on mind, and it's not that uh, the body, you know, so you can even say that the healing of body, and the, you know, the three cycles of healing and initiation, mind, body, spirit, the healing and initiation of body and spirit are done by the mind as well, except uh, or they're 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 mediated by or led by or facilitated by the mind. The mind, as it transforms um, the body into light, as it transforms um, itself, its embodied selfhood experience into spirit, or unifies spirit to uh, embodied um, personality or body-mind. <laughs> so the mind leads the show, including um, the healing of, uh, healing, quote, healing of body is not, is not the, healing and initiation of body is a lot more than uh, going to the doctor or going to the healer and uh, walking out okay. It's um, transformation of the energy flows in the body which itself <laughs> relates to levels of mind, or is a, is a level of mind. So anyway, it gets very subtle there. Um, so 
the purpose of the study of the archetypes is to support the healing and initiation of mind, body, spirit. When used in a controlled way, they're most helpful. Controlled, in this sense, doesn't mean service to self-control, but um, directed well and managed well by will, um, by wisdom, <laughs> you know. Uh, Wisdom-backed will uses um, the fruits of the study of the archetypes well. Then uh, Ra offers this up for re-questioning. Don pulls back and <laughs> drops that whole thing. 88.18 says, I will ask the following questions to clear up possibly only the method of teaching these concepts, which may give me important clues to understanding the concepts themselves. Did Ra use cards similar to the tarot cards for the training purpose in third density? No. Ra said no. So they didn't use cards similar to the 22 major arcana that we may see today or used in Egypt. What did Ra use in third density? Ra said, you are aware in, the, in your attempts at magical visualization of the mental configuration of sometimes rather complex visualizations. These are mental and drawn with the mind. Another example well known in your culture is the visualization in your mass of the distortion of the love of the one infinite creator called Christianity, wherein a small portion of your foodstuffs is seen to be a mentally configured but entirely real man, the man known to you as Yehoshua, or as you call this entity now, Jesus. It was by this method of sustained visualization of a, over a period of training that we worked with these concepts. These concepts were occasionally drawn. However, the concept of one visualization per card was not thought of by us. So, they visualized the, um, the form, the iconography of each card in mind. Because they obviously were very well trained, right? So they were doing... Um, adept visualization practice like Tibetan lamas uh, visualize you know the yidam or the um, you know the deity meditation in, in tantric uh, abhisheka tantric ritual uh, they will visualize the deity in, in uh, activity or stillness uh, that's what was doing that's what Ra was doing on Venus okay so they were not just like you know carousing and uh having sex, <laughs> they were actually uh, pretty well-developed six chakra folks uh, who were doing very disciplined mental visualization of each archetype. Also, not, not everybody, but the adepts there were. They were drawn in mental matter, in the mind, uh, akin to in the mass, people visualizing uh, Jesus in the wafer. The distortion of the love of the one infinite creator called Christianity. So it's meaning the religious tradition, which is a distortion of <laughs> unified infinite love. Uh, uh, this is sustained visualization over a period of training. So it takes training to be able to do this. That's how they work with the concepts. Sometimes they were drawn physically. But this whole notion of one visualization per card was not thought of by us. And I believe in Islam, there is some prohibition against, um, or, or what, uh, in the Bible maybe, the uh, earlier Bible, Old Testament, uh, um, not uh, against the graven image 
grave an image, meaning gray, you know, drawing an image of God. So I think that Islam keeps that, and that's why they're they're high on geometry or geometric representations of deity, rather than a God with a long hair. Obviously, the Orthodox Catholic, you know, they have icons all over the place in Christianity, in Catholicism, uh, in Eastern Orthodox too, right? They have temples full of icons. Uh, but I guess Islam was the only one that's kept up with this um, thou shalt not make grave an image uh, because there's great limitation to the mind um, by the by an unwise focus upon a particular graven image or image the drawn image of deity or of any transcendental reality uh, because it limits the mind's capacity to realize uh, what more there is to it. So their practice uh, was more mental, and their work was not with physical cards so much. Don goes on, well, how did the teacher relay information to the student with respect to visualization? Ra said, the process was Kabbalistic, that is, of the oral tradition of mouth to ear. The uh, oral tradition um, where, you know, teacher tells the student when they're ready something that they uh, will now be able to put into practice. I don't know why that's called Kabbalistic, but I guess, you know, the oral tradition uh, was the basis of all religion, certainly Buddhism, uh, before things were written down. So, they got their instructions, no problem, it just wasn't written down. Don goes on. Then when Ra attempted to teach the Egyptians, the concept of the tarot was the same process used or a different one. Ra said the same process was used. However, those which were teach learners after us first drew these images to the best of their ability within the place of initiation and later began the use of what you call cards bearing these visualizations representations. And so... Um, they also taught visualization to the adepts of that time, the priests of that time, who obviously knew visualization and, and therefore had pretty well-developed mental, you know, mental and six chakra development. To do, to do steady visualization, uh, one needs a very well-developed six ray, uh, third eye, six chakra. And it's a particular training. Uh, after Ra left, then the um, teachers of the tradition um, drew them into cards similar to what we see today. Uh, within the place of initiation, meaning, um, you know, in the pyramid, perhaps. And then later, later then they used cards. So first they drew them, and this drew the images in the place of initiation may have meant they drew them on the walls of the chambers. And so that's interesting. There might be a set of 22 images somewhere in some, um, you know, pharaonic um, reliquary <laughs> or, or one of the chambers, king's or queen's chambers. Uh, that's, I think, what they mean. They were drawn physically on the rock, then later used cards. And these are again representations of visualizations. 8822. 
where the court arcana or and the minor arcana uh, a portion of Ra's teachings or was this something that came along later? Ra said, those cards of which you speak were the product of the influence of those of Chaldea and Sumer, the Chaldeans and the Sumerians. Court arcana means, uh, you know, like in the playing cards, right? The jack, queen, king, and uh, the other guy. And uh, minor arcanas, you know, one through nine or something, the, the other ones in the four suits. I'm not a card player, so I don't know anything about this really. So, but that came from Chaldea and Sumer, same as with the uh, astrological influences. And we get into that here, 8823. Don said, you mentioned earlier that the tarot was a method of divination. Would you explain that? Ra said, there's a long answer here. And um, some of these, I don't know, we might try to finish this session today. Um, personally, I'm not big on the tarot or the, or, or the archetypes, but uh, let's get into it. First, 8823, Ross says, We must first divorce the tarot as a method of divination from this major arcana as, a represent as, a, as representative of 22 archetypes of the archetypical mind. So there's tarot as divination versus the 22 cards or major 22 archetypes showing the fundaments of the archetypical mind, only major arcana. Three paragraphs. Uh, read them all, then review. The value of that which you call astrology is significant when used by those initiated entities which understand, if you will pardon the misnomer, the sometimes intricate considerations of the law of confusion. As each planetary influence enters the energy web of your sphere, those upon the sphere are moved, much as the moon which moves about your sphere moves the waters upon your deeps. Your own nature is water, in that you, as mind-body-spirit complexes, are easily impressed and moved. Indeed, this is the very fiber and nature of your journey and vigil in this density, to not only be moved, but to instruct yourselves as to the preferred manner of your movement in mind, body, and spirit. Therefore, as each entity enters the planetary energy web, each entity experiences two major planetary influxes. That of the conception, which has to do with the physical yellow ray manifestation of the incarnation, and that of the moment you call birth, which is the breath, which uh, the birth, which you call breath or birth, when the breath is first drawn into the body complex of chemical yellow ray. Thus, those who know the stars and their configurations and influences are able to see a rather broadly drawn map of the country through which an entity has traveled, is traveling, or may be expected to travel, be it upon the physical, the mental, or the spiritual level. Such an entity will have developed abilities of the initiate, which are normally known among your peoples as psychic or paranormal. When the archetypes are shuffled into the mix of astrologically oriented cards, which form the so-called court arcana and minor arcana, these archetypes become magnetized to the psychic impressions of the one working with the cards, and thusly become instruments of a linkage between the practitioner of the astrological determinations and divinations and the one requesting information. 
Oft times such archetypical representations will appear in such a manner as to have seemingly interesting results, meaningful in configuration to the questioner. In and of themselves, the major arcana have no rightful place in divination, but rather are tools for the further knowledge of the self by the self for the purpose of entering a more profoundly, acutely realized present moment. <laughs> Where <laughs> the Anapanasati Yogi <laughs> remains and was from the start. Mm. So we go round and round so that we have a fuller experience of now. The hallowed nature, conscript nature, more fully present. Uh, we uh, approach omnipresence, all present. Yes, sir, here, here, here. <laughs> That's what it's all coming to. So we can get, we can read lots and lots of cute, cute white occult magical tradition books, <laughs> but um, you know, there's there's nobody who can put those two together because, meaning, raw raw can um, you know punch punch in the big leagues um, with the best of the white mag magical occultists. Meanwhile, <laughs> they realize that the whole point of it is to is to achieve or to experience a more profoundly, acutely realized present moment. Not constipated with metaphysical verbiage <clears throat> in the mind. So, astrology. Okie dokie. Um, it's significant when it's used by initiated entities. And so again, some people, some astrologers can do tremendous benefit and some people don't know what they're talking about, obviously. Uh... These are intricate considerations of the law of confusion, meaning free will, um, meaning energy influences upon multiple levels. Um, each planetary influence, meaning planets, um, and then constellations. Uh, as you know, the solar system goes around galactic center um, and moves, does its movement. Um, you have you know successive planetary constellational uh, influences coming and going through the planet the energy web of planet earth then those upon this sphere meaning those of us walking around here are moved in uh, influenced by you know planetary energies and constellations and the houses and all that so planets and signs in the houses um, okay everybody knows that um, <coughs> The point that's interesting is that um, you as mind-body-spirit complexes are easily impressed and moved that this is the very fiber and nature of your journey or our journey and vigil in third density. And so we are extremely impressionable. We are extremely sensitive beings in this third density, really in all densities, but here particularly with the law of confusion, we are vastly sensitive uh, to phenomena and energies that we nearly, uh, nearly uh, n comprehend none of. That we comprehend nearly none of. Meaning, we're affected by uh, countless energies, astrological and, of course, human and uh, you know planetary, um, that we can express consciously uh, nearly none of. 
we can express and articulate and, and conceptualize nearly none of the vast array of influences uh, that we're sensitive to moment by moment. And so, but that's part of what 3D is all about, to not only be moved um, or highly sensitive at all levels, but also then to learn to teach ourselves, to instruct yourself, right? Learn teacher. The learner is the teacher of the self. The one who learns needs, to, we need to teach ourselves how to, you know, teach ourselves what we've learned or truly integrate what we've learned uh, as the basis for, um, you know, living a better life or living better according to our own values. Uh, instructing yourself as, the prefer as to the preferred manner of your movement in mind, body, and spirit. How to move, what decisions to make. So it's not only responding to catalyst with love, wisdom, hopefully, but making good decisions. What is, uh, what are, you know, making good decisions means uh, working with values. What do you value? What's important? What's not important? What's more important, less important, not important? Uh, it's okay, you know, some things are extremely important or some values are very, are primary, core values, and some are not. Uh, it's a good thing not to lie as a core value, but there certainly are cases when telling uh, truth or all a truth would be problematic. How to do it, how to work with that. So we're trying to learn how to move. We're extremely movable and sensitive, uh, and... <laughs> It's not simply our preferred manner, but it's the most optimal manner of moving that we need to learn, right? So, you you know, you're, you're, uh, the very nature, the very fiber and nature of your journey and vigil in this density, meaning the very heart, the very substance, the bedrock, true nature of what we're doing here in this dimension is being moved or being so highly sensitive to countless influences that we can't comprehend and, and articulate, but also to instruct yourself as to the preferred manner of movement. Um, preferred is not the end of the game either. <laughs> I mean, you got to know what you prefer. But some of what we prefer may be self-harmful. So it's good to know that. Uh, and it's good to know that if we um, allow our preferences to certain ways of movement in body, mind, spirit that are harmful, we're going to be harmed. So it's, you know, helpful to know what our preferences are. It's even more helpful to know which preferences are helpful and which are harmful, skillful, unskillful, um, which, uh, what indeed conduces to our long-term welfare and benefit and what doesn't. And that's the core of Buddhist teaching of the Noble Eightfold Path. So, anyway, as people are born here, we get two planetary influences, or you can say two um, uh, juncture points or points of, um, of significant of impression, energy impression upon us. One is at conception, and the other one is, is actually the first breath of birth birth's first breath. So, uh, when the physical yellow ray manifestation of the incarnation, right, so the body could be called chemical yellow ray or physical yellow ray, 
Yellow Rachel um, at conception and when at, and at first at first birth or first breath actually not first birth at first breath that's when um, many of these astrological influences um, get kind of impressed upon us um, metaphysically so then people who are interested in astrology or high you know astrologers who happen to be initiates um, will know the past present and future to some degree um, if you know uh, Hindu Vedic astrology some of these guys they they really know um, you know they're not talking about uh, National Enquirer or horoscope there they know what you've been through and a great astrologer is a really uh, amazing you know um, truth teller is a sage the great astrologer the greatest astrologers are uh, up and right, right uh, outright sages and they really can know all sorts of details of past present future um, activity and sometimes they're called psychic or paranormal uh, but properly <laughs> the major arcana have no rightful place in divination but they were brought in by people who are interested in these things uh, you know starting with Sumer and uh, Chaldea the court arcana the major the minor arcana um, the archetypes became magnetized to psychic impression of the one who works with the cards so yes that's also true um, there's a linkage between the person who's uh, working with the cards for astrological reading astrological determination divination using um, the tarot for astrological reading uh, is associated with this you know mag magnetization of uh, particular um, archetypes to the practitioner and then there's a linkage to the person who's asking for the information um, and you know sometimes they get some some wonderful interesting results okay okay you know Ra has a lot to say about it but they also <laughs> acknowledge that that the point of all of this um, is to know the self <laughs> uh, the point of the point of all these um, cute occult white magical uh, or gray and somewhat shadowed magical reading studies and uh, you know mm, pursuit or, or specializations for some people is uh, further knowledge of the self by the self <laughs> the revelation of self-knowledge uh, why 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 <laughs> why self-knowledge so you know <laughs> there, there isn't there are hardly any gurus that can tell you this <laughs> what Ra tells why it's, it's the point is you know if you want to have fame and fortune go right ahead um, but that's not the highest use of um, the, the major arcana or the tarot right so the tarot has got the minor arcana and the, the court cards you know and you can use that for astrological reading and you can learn about your future and you can make good business deals and make a lot of money, maybe, uh, or avoid certain things. That's good. Um, but the greater use uh, of tarot is uh, the 22 major arcana 
as archetypes for knowing the self. And the purpose of knowing the self, or the, the point of all of that, is to um, live more fully now, a more profoundly, acutely realized present moment. Uh, and, if you, <laughs> and if you wish to focus on a more profound, acutely realized present moment, uh, you actually don't need to look into the tarot or astrology or the archetypes and all sorts of uh, occult uh, studies. In my humble opinion, uh, I prefer to focus on the um, deepening um, of realization of the present moment. 88.24, Don goes on. Ra must have had a, shall we say, lesson plan or course of training for the 22 archetypes to be given either to those of third density of Ra or later on to those in Egypt. Would you describe this scenario for the training course? Huge question. And um, Ra said, this shall be the last full query of this working. And I'm going to run through this a little fast because I really do want to finish. We have to finish the session today. Ra said, we find it more nearly appropriate to discuss our plans in acquainting initiates upon your own planet with this particular version of the archetypes of the archetypical mind. Our first stage was a presentation of the images, one after, uh, one after the, one after the other, in the following order: one eight fifteen, two nine sixteen, three ten seventeen, four eleven eighteen, five twelve nineteen, six thirteen twenty, seven fourteen twenty one, twenty two. In this way, the fundamental relationships between mind, body, and spirit could begin to be discovered, for as one sees, for instance, the matrix of the mind in comparison to the matrices of body and spirit, one may draw certain tentative conclusions. When at length the student had mastered these visualizations, and had considered each of the seven classifications of archetype, looking at the relationships between mind, body, and spirit, we then suggested considerations of archetypes in pairs, one and two, three and four, five, six, and seven. You may continue in this form for the body and spirit archetypes, or complexes, actually. You will note that the consideration of the significator was left unpaired, for the significator shall be paired with archetype 22. At the end of this line of inquiry, the student was beginning to grasp more and more deeply the qualities and resonances of each archetype. At this point, using various other aids to spiritual evolution, we encourage the initiate to learn to become each archetype, become each archetype, and, most importantly, to know as best as possible within your illusion when the adoption of the archetype's persona would be spiritually or metaphysically helpful. As you can see, much work was done creatively by each initiate. We have no dogma to offer. Each perceives that which is needful and helpful to the self, May we ask if there are any brief queries before we leave this working? Uh, we have no dogma to offer. Each perceives that which is needful and helpful to the self. So, you know, we offer what we think is true. We, meaning anybody who wants to help anybody. Uh, we say what we think is true. They take what they can get. Um, and that's the end of that. And if they don't like it, <laughs> they really shouldn't be here. 
So, you know, these days you've got a lot of people who are professional complainers and professional uh, quarrelers, professional quibblers. They just come and they quibble. They come and they complain. They come and they argue. They come and they put down and criticize and judge and blame. They just come and complain. <laughs> a culture of professional complainers. What a joke. In the old days, they'd be thrown out of the ashrams. Just get out, you fool. You don't want to be here? Leave. You want to come here and just complain and be unhappy and, and bother everybody who, who might like what they're hearing or think that there's something valuable for them? If you don't like it, leave. Find something good for yourself. Complaining here is not uh, good for uh, anyone, actually. So, each perceives that which is needful and helpful to the self if one <laughs> wants to continue growing on the path. So, everybody sees what they see, and um, it's a great thing to be free of um, the need for others to be what we want them to be. It's really great as we become more free of... Um, Emotional, emotionally based neediness for others to be what, what we feel comfortable with. It's great to be more and more free of that. So the way they taught the archetypes um, on Earth is what they're going to focus on here because what they did on Venus is, is really not helpful for us, at least in their view. Uh, they presented the images one after the other. Basically... Um, by resonance to the seven classifications or the seven nodal points, right? And so uh, the positions, uh, matrix of mind, body, spirit, potentiator, mind, body, spirit, catalyst, experience, um, significator, transformation, great way. And so, so that one can see what the matrix class, the matrix position is all about um, by, you know, comparison of 1, 8, 15, and so on with the others. That's a very nice way of doing it. Then they did the pairs, and as I said before, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, nicely pair with 5, and 5 set by itself, and um, there is something special about the significator position 5, 5, 12, 19, but, you know, the fifth position. It is a big deal, actually, significator, because that's really what's fed, um, or the, it, it's, it's fed by um, potentiated matrix, uh, efficient use of catalyst-based um, experience. <laughs> The potentiated matrix of mind meets catalyst um, well, <laughs> whatever that is, and uh, fashions helpful, uh, further along the path, helpful experience um, from the catalyst that feeds significator that then becomes the basis for uh, transformation and great way. Uh, or the culmination of that and there's a relationship to the chakras uh, and obviously there all these 21 cards have very close relationship and so Rob said that the pairing is of significators with card 22 uh, so that's a very disciplined systematic study and finally 
Um, what was also offered was uh, some guidance um, to basically uh, have the option of um, sort of wear, uh, taking on the garment or adopting, internalizing, um, inhabiting, um, taking into oneself consciously or um, costuming the costume, the conscious mind in a sense, or joining the conscious mind with the heart of the qualities of any one archetype at any time. So when the adoption of the archetype's persona um, might be spiritually or metaphysically helpful, such as during ritual for sure, um, and you see some Tibetan lamas do that actually during rituals where they're working with certain deities they embody the deity during the ritual during the um, Abhisheka or the um, initiation so uh, but that's you know <laughs> that's tantric Buddhism and that's uh, this is sort of tantric um, Egyptian mystery activity in fact you can say that this is very tantric and you can say that Ra and Venus was um you know, quasi-tantric or sort of tantric. Certainly, they had, you know, sexual tantric practice. So, that's a very interesting thing. So, the origin of uh, Eastern tantrism, Hindu tantric, Buddhist tantric, Taoist tantric, right? Esoteric Christian. The origin of the esoteric traditions of tantrism on Earth, which probably come from Atlantis, came from Venus. Hmm, maybe so. Maybe so. T uh, tantrism, you know, the Venusian Tantrika, well known in the solar system, I must say. So, Venusian Tantrikas are uh, highly valued, indeed, indeed. Um, so, how about that? The uh, origin of human Tantric traditions, which are multiple, not just, uh, you know, Buddhist or Hindu, uh, coming from. Uh, Venus by way of Atlantis, maybe well, maybe so. But uh, the point is <laughs> to live fully in the present moment. That's really the point. So Lin Chi dispenses with tantrism and has no interest. Eighty-eight twenty-five, and the final for today. Don asks: Is there anything that we can do to improve the contact or make the instrument more comfortable? And Ross says: I am raw. We again ward you or warn you concerning the distortions of the instrument's hands. The fourth density influence upon them could be inconvenient in that, if allowed to proceed without abatement, what you call your surgery shall be almost immediately necessary. The alignments are good. You have been fastidious. We leave you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing merrily in the power and in the glorious peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. So that ends session 88, and you could see, unfortunately, that Carla's hand condition was really bad, uh, and the very strong negative entity influence on her hands uh, made them worse. Um... And I think she probably had multiple hand surgeries, you know, since this session uh, in 1982. So she really um, 
her body uh, took a toll, took the toll of these sessions. Next time we go to session 89, session 89 um, is long. It's uh, 45 exchanges and beginning with um, psychic attack, psychic greeting because uh, they were still having a hard time and we really are getting close to the end here. We're under 20 before the sessions end at 106. So psychic greeting, um, some details of channeling, more of Ra's history and uh, tarot and uh, it kind of goes between tarot, archetypical mind, raw and solar system history. So it'll take us three weeks at least to go through 89. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, thank you for your attention. I hope you are having a fulfilling present moment. Please take good care of yourself. See you next time, and good night.